The stories we tell communicate who we are and what we value. Each episode, we consider a different story from our perspective as women. From murder ballads to fairy tales, we discuss the power these stories have over us all. This is our history, both real and imagined, told through the eyes of today. This is Memoir Flip. Memoir Flip. Hey, men. Hi, Rach. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Me too. I feel like I'm excited every episode, and maybe that's not the way to go because, like, when I'm actually excited, it doesn't come through. But, no, but this is extra exciting. special. Yeah. yeah, we're trying something new. Yeah. So um, this week, I'm gonna. It's like a special drop episode. Yes. Where we're actually doing a femlore flip, which we've talked about for a long time. Right. So we're finally doing it. Yay, look <laughs> at us getting our stuff together. All right. Um, we're. At, it's actually a story where we change the genders of a story that you know and love. And so this week, um, we actually decided to change the gender of Beauty and the Beast. Wow. So can you guess, you know the title, but can you pretend to guess the title of this week's? <laughs> oh, I, it's funny. I actually was thinking about it before and I was like, yeah, how do we, how do we change that? You know, like which part do you focus on? What, there's, there's so much that could be flipped here. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to um, share with our listeners the, the telling and, and tale that we ended up with. You did such a great job on this flip. Yeah, it's called Handsome and the Beast. Handsome and the Beast. So let's get to it, huh? Awesome. I can't wait. All right. I'm, I'm excited to flip it. There once was a rich merchant who had six children. The loveliest and most virtuous was called Handsome. While his proud, frivolous siblings lived the high life with their wealthy friends, modest young Handsome preferred to stay home and read. When the merchant abruptly lost her fortune, the family was forced to give up their life of luxury in town and move into the country. Unlike his brothers, who did nothing but complain about their reduced circumstances, Handsome resolved to make the best of the situation and took on many of the household chores, cooking and cleaning for his family. One day, the merchant was called back to town with hopes of renewing her business ventures. Her sons, expecting they'd soon be returning to high society, made extravagant requests for gowns and finery, but Handsome only asked for a single rose. As it turned out, the merchant's journey was a fruitless one, and to make matters worse, she got lost on her way home. She took refuge in what appeared to be an abandoned palace in the middle of the forest, passing the night in one of the rooms. As she left the next morning, the merchant stopped to pick up a rose to bring back to her son, only to find herself facing the fury of a monstrous beast who accused her of stealing from the palace garden. The merchant's life was to be forfeit for her crime, unless the merchant would send one of her sons to take her place. When the merchant returned home and told her family what had happened, Handsome quickly agreed to sacrifice himself for his mother's sake. The next day, the merchant took Handsome to the beast's castle and left him there alone, certain he was about to be devoured by the beast. While he waited for the beast to come and eat him, he explored his castle. Finding that a finely appointed room had been set aside just for him, full of luxury unimaginable, including a magical mirror that could show him anything he wanted to see. That night, the beast asked Handsome to dine with her. Over their meal, they discussed the beast's monstrous appearance, with Handsome assuring her that her good nature overshadowed her flaws, so that he hardly noticed her ugliness. After dinner, the beast asked Handsome to marry her, and when he refused, the beast went into a fury and stormed away. Handsome stayed in the palace for three months, and every night the beast would join him for dinner, after which she would ask him to marry her, and he would refuse. 
Though he felt genuine compassion for the beast, he still could not bring himself to marry such a monstrous creature and begged her to be satisfied with his friendship. Meanwhile, Handsome had noticed in his magic mirror that his mother had been growing ill, and he asked the beast to allow him to go see her. The beast, unable to refuse him, allowed him to go home as long as he promised to return in a week. At home and reunited with his mother, Handsome learned that his sisters had joined the army and his brothers were both unhappily married. Jealous of the unexpected wealth and comfort of his new life, Handsome's brothers resolved to trick him into staying longer than he planned, in the hopes that the beast would grow angry and eat Handsome after all. Taken in by his brother's ruse, Handsome did stay longer than he'd promised the beast he would. During this time, he found himself reflecting on his life with the beast. Although he didn't love her, he felt grateful for her kindness, and compared to his brother's miserable marriages, he had been relatively happy over the past three months. Realizing this, Handsome resolved to return to the beast, but when he reached the palace, she was nowhere to be found. When he finally found her, the beast told him she was so upset that he hadn't returned that she decided to starve herself to death. Handsome's grief convinced him that he did, in fact, love the beast. No sooner had he said this than the beast was transformed into a beautiful princess who explained that she had been cursed by a wicked fairy to take the form of a monster until a handsome virgin would agree to marry her. Handsome and the princess married, and they would rule together over their kingdom for many years to come. Well, Mindy, what do you think? Wow. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was, it's weird. I was uncomfortable writing this story, you know, like, I, I feel like I'm pretty up on gender constructs and like, I, you know, I don't take them seriously and, you know, it's obviously gender spectrum so in these stories of course it's very binary because mm-hmm. they ha- they they didn't go into details but um i feel like when i was writing this story i was like uncomfortable yeah i mean there's just so much that like we aren't used to hearing stories like this mm-hmm. but i wish that we did even like right at the ending when thinking of a woman being cursed where the way that she'll the curse will be lifted from a handsome virgin male specifically mm-hmm. like we just we don't ever hear that because obviously much like gender being a construct like virgin yeah virginism virginity <laughs> virginity <laughs> god my pregnancy brain virginity is a total construct mm-hmm. and it's like you know even thinking about that because as we know i mean there's no real way to like track and see if like a man is a virgin. It's and so true. So yeah, that just like really hit me too. Like I've never heard something like that in a story. Yeah. And just the way that, that um, you know, again, virginity applied to a man, it feels so awkward. Right. But like, I was totally accepting of that before, which is like, yes. wow, I feel like it. I feel like a big ball of shit right now <laughs> this, this story is really just no, like bringing I, it all up i didn't realize that isn't I, it so hard because yeah, it's like is it me that like like how do we unlearn all this mm-hmm. stuff i mean the first time i saw beauty and the beast i was so young i loved mm-hmm. the magic i loved like i didn't realize all the other things that were kind of being brainwashed and taught to me mm-hmm. yeah and actually maybe we should go into that because i'm sure you know we've covered this story before but maybe we should just quickly state why like why that you know what what was the purpose was of that story yes so yeah beauty and the beast originally stemmed from basically a handbook for when young girls were married off to old beastly men who had money um and you just think about like people 
needing to make sure that a child is provided for and that that was kind of that was just the expectation because it's like oh well we don't have enough money to feed and care for her we're going to marry her off because she's a good she's a product she like you know it's just it's so crazy to me once I realized that that's what it was based off of. I had no idea. And at the time I was working for a nonprofit where um, we were still working to end early child marriage, which as we know, unfortunately still happens all over the world. Mm -hmm. And stories like this reinforce that and knowing that there was a true purpose and that's why it was created. And that's what it stemmed from because it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe he's not so bad. Maybe he's not so beastly because he's providing Mm -hmm. these things Mm -hmm. to me. But with that, there's cost and expectation of providing a child of these things that, you know, not having ownership over your own body, your own decisions, you know, being at the whims, basically a servant to a husband and that's the original one. So having that all flipped was really weird. It's it's weird because it brings up so much that you're mm-hmm. like, man, why did I accept that before? But also like we need to be telling more stories like this. Yeah. Well, and I think too the the beast part kind of lends itself to this idea that men get the benefit of the doubt, right? Like if they're mean on the outside, then it's okay. They could be soft at heart on the inside. No, that guy's a fucking jerk and ignore him, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there shouldn't be like it, you know, it should be at the person level and how you're treated. Like, you know, I, I had, you know, I have a ton of girlfriends who are with the wrong guy, right? I think we all do. Or, you know, with the wrong person, uh, depending, right? Um, and I think it's interesting that men get this, like, you know, they can be the fat mailman that's, <laughs> that has, like, the super hot wife, right? Like, that... Not that I'm not saying that um, you know your looks matter that much, but I'm just saying men get that a lot totally, more than women. Totally, and so I feel like flipping the story that was that stood out very yeah. much to me, where I was like, oh shit, like like he has to think about her, he has to like her, and not her appearance, and that felt kind of very wrong. Yes, no, or not I'm, wrong, but like yeah, wrong to me, even wrong though I'm wrong in, like in my culture, in, yeah, in a story, yeah. yeah, because no, I'm totally with you. I mean, there's definitely things as like. I'm a plus size woman and like, I mean, my husband's not like extremely petite by any means, but like, you know, people would probably look at me and be like, oh, she's fat, he's in shape. And like being the bigger one in a relationship when you're a woman is very different to your, Mm -hmm. of like, you know, there's just all these different things that kind of come with it to your point of like men kind of get these different passes Mm -hmm. or there's expectations of like, oh, well, that's okay because blah, blah, blah. And we're more used to seeing like Mm -hmm. a beastly man, which could be any, any sort of things that kind of like make him beastly with a kind, nice, pretty woman. Yep. But yeah, flipping it, that was definitely something for me too, that part where it's like, oh, and he reflected and realized that he actually loved her. Like one, yes, it shouldn't be excused that like somebody being bad and mean, but it also just really makes you think about how much of the like societal pressures and constructs are put on looks Mm -hmm. being just this like ultimate value. Because could she have still been a beast if she looked like a princess, but was just the worst person ever? You know, I feel like we give a pass to thinness Mm -hmm. and prettiness. Mm -hmm. And like, even, you know, people get away with doing really bad mean things when they look really great yeah but it's easier to demonize somebody that you're like oh well you know 
they're ugly anyways. Yeah. Whatever that means, you know, ugly, beastly, these, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the, you know, the beast's actions in this, regardless of gender, is pretty atrocious, right? Um, she's not a good person. And, you know, I feel like that's great. We should have more stories about women not being good people because I feel like we're told that we're always good people. And, you know, that's not my experience. That's not most people's experience. We're not a monolith, right? right. Women are not a monolith. We're very varied. And that's that's our story, right? We're mm-hmm. all so different. And I think it's just very interesting to see her be so terrible, you know? Well, and I think it also makes me think about, like, the part where they say that like the brothers are in unhappy. Oh yeah, let's talk about the brothers. Marriages. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. And like so it just kind of makes you think like what is a marriage and those expectations because I think we are used to hearing stories of a woman, you know, doing all of these things like the man can maybe be away and making all the money and the woman has to come and be like the kind one and I feel like that's obviously what we're hearing here in this story mm-hmm. and like it's flipped which is really refreshing and great <laughs> to hear even though like it it's bringing up all these other things yeah. that we're talking about but yeah just to your point of you know she's not a good person but it's it makes you think like what is marriage for especially in a lot of these stories that we're told it's whether like you know a prince kissing somebody and then they wake up and then it's like, okay, you're mine now. Like they don't really have a say. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you know, hearing this story as much as it's like, I don't like that all that his mother did was take a rose and was going to have to lose her life. Um, so then he's like indebted and has to live with this beast forever but you know we hear that in all these other stories and it just seems normal exactly because we hear it all Mm -hmm, the time mm -hmm. this felt a little bit more impossible to me a little bit right that the men would be stuck in unhappy marriages and things like that but the sister off at war yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so completely flipping that was kind of refreshing but i do think uh you know what we don't talk about on this podcast a lot is that men do have those emotions and there mm-hmm. are things that they're very unhappy about and they they aren't allowed to express that and i think um this story felt very like i don't know very personal in some ways when you yeah. get down to it where it's like they're all saying they're i mean the brothers are trash right because they're trying to kill their their own brother which right. is trash and in the original it's sisters which is trash <laughs> right that's mm-hmm. not good uh try not to kill your sibling that's not okay um <laughs> but i think that they, there's something so interesting there right and something that feels so real about them being unhappy and then like expressing that in a way that's not healthy but still expressing it and it's weird it's extra weird because when you have the sisters doing it it feels a competition-y Mm-hmm. When you have the brothers doing it, it's like, oh, they're just unhappy and they're being jerks. Mm-hmm. But like, so it's not viewed the same. I don't know. In my brain, it wasn't yeah. really viewed the same. And I, I don't know. I just felt very like, that's weird. Well, and the other thing that felt weird about it was that, unfortunately, this feels kind of too real too, but it's almost like Handsome didn't realize that he had feelings for the beast until he saw that his siblings were unhappy. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's an unfortunate thing that sometimes happens in relationships is people get so caught up because they're trying to compete with others. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, you know, n- no, like maybe he actually did love this person or at least like the person that, you know, I mean, she was holding him captive. Like those things aren't good, but the person he was having dinner with every night and like that he actually got to see, but he wasn't willing 
to be in love with her until he realized like, oh, but she gives me all these things. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not that bad. Yeah. Best option kind of thing. Right. Best option of no options. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels really weird. And there's something too, it's making me think about, um, God, I can't remember where I heard this. So this probably isn't going to like come off exactly how I want it to. But someone recently in my life I heard talking about, um, and they were supporting like switching gender roles, but they were like, you know, it's hard in our society when it's like a stay-at-home dad can be like cute and nice for a while, but then people start to like judge you. Mm. And that kind of made me think of like this, like clearly it feels like the beast is more in power and like that whole aspect too of like, you know, I would love to just get to a place where people are able to have more like equal partnerships, Mm -hmm. but it so often feels in stories and in life that like, we always have to know kind of like who the boss is even, you know, there's things like phrases and sayings like, well, who, who wears the pants in that relationship or like, you know, both of us, we both wear pants. Right. I just wear the yoga variety. Right. (laughs) I love it. But yeah, why can't we get more to that mm-hmm. point? Why is it always mm-hmm. like that one has to be stronger or tougher? But like, you know, but again, I guess that's because we're such a society that's so obsessed with putting people in boxes and with these gender norms. Yes. And it's just like, this story is bringing up a lot for <laughs> me. a lot. Well, and I think the hyper heterosexuality really yes, struck me where it was yeah. like, when it got flipped, I didn't realize how heterosexual this story was. Of course, it's, of course, it's a, you know, Beauty and the Beast. It's a woman and a man. And, but like, shit, like, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's real fucked up. Well, it's and like, even what? Like, yeah, I mean, it just feels like it, this couldn't happen. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, what were you going to say? No, no, no. I just, yeah, I completely agree with you. And that that's something we're so used to accepting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why like earlier in the season, you know, we had the episode where we talked about Cinderella. And I'm so grateful for the book Cinderella is Dead, you know, yeah. books that help to kind of like bring those things to light. Because again, mm-hmm. we need more like we need more queer leading characters. Yes. We need different representation. And um The other thing with this, though, that kind of fits into what I was saying earlier, just about like gender expectations was even, you know, you flipped the main characters, you flipped the siblings, but you also flipped the parent Mm -hmm. and hearing about, you know, I mean, it's a woman merchant. Mm -hmm. And so then initially there's thoughts of like, oh, well, that probably wouldn't have happened in this time because I'm still thinking of Beauty and the Beast like back in the day. But that's so weird that that thought crossed my mind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think that the gender flipping here is very interesting especially in that like when I decided to do that I was like I'm just gonna go for it we'll see what happens yeah we need to flip everything we need to flip it all let's let's just burn this shit down you know what I mean just (laughs) somebody get a match let's go you know and I think that's where um I was very uncomfortable with that as well and I like you really see your biases when you start to flip it or you're like oh the sister goes off to war, that doesn't feel right. But obviously that happens now, right? Like women well, go off so to war weird, all the like, time. Yeah, I want that to be right. And I know like in my heart, like if I was just starting a story, mm-hmm. but I think there's something because this is so rooted in something that I have known and I've heard the story time and time again. So like it is kind of hard when you're listening to it because it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm just trying to justify my gender like you <laughs> biases. Know, biases. And like, I'm really not trying to do that. I think it's good because this did bring some of those to light. But I think there's also just something about like, we know the story. And so it just feels 
wrong and different because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, but again, yeah, it probably is just my gender biases. Yeah. Like I want to hear more stories like this where we have, you know, people leading the charge. And also, you know, I love too that you left something in there that when their mom, the merchant went into town, you know, the brothers were asking for gowns and fineries and, you know, just even like that, it's not like they were asking for guns. And so like, Mm -hmm. you know, we didn't have to flip every aspect of it because we wanted to bring some of those things to light. So I just, I cannot wait to hear what our listeners think. And if there's like Mm -hmm. other stuff that really stood out to them, you know, I just, this was such a interesting practice. And I feel like there's probably so much more here. Like we're really only it's a quick, it's a quick flip, mm-hmm. quick, quick one, quick one. But I, I do think you're right. I mean, yes, we should, we should like be thinking about these stories critically. Um, but I do think that stuff that ha- that's associated with each gender is a whole other thing, right? Like, yeah. like that association is damaging, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, totally. I think that's really, it's really damaging because again, it helps to put people in those boxes. People should just wear what they want, right. you know. And I think right. that's, and but our society isn't open to that. I think flipping this, I was very aware, like, oh my gosh, like. Well, and this is what, one of the more original Mm -hmm. telling. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of based on what is this? I think it's Charles Charles Perot. Okay. uh, That one, that version. Because, you know, I couldn't help but also think if we were thinking of like the Disney version, so is Gaston a woman, you know, Gaston is slamming back drinks. um, I love it. The most like, beautiful person in town just like picking up dudes left and right but like can't have handsome you know like there's other characters that then my mind immediately kind of went to the disney version Mm -hmm. and even thinking of um like the mrs potts right like that would be mr potts Mm -hmm. and um yeah so i i just there's so many (laughs) so many different things and pieces and you know because this is a story that's as they even say, a tale as old as time. A tale as old as time. I just wanted to real quick just go back because it wasn't. A, it's not a parole story. I just wanted oh. to, real quick. I just wanted to say that it's. Um, um, so the original version was actually it's a French version. So I wasn't wrong. Wrong. I was just wrong about the person. <laughs> Gabrielle Suzanne Bebel de Villeneuve. Um, and that was published in 1740. We'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll too. link it in the show notes. But yes, so sorry. I liked your pronunciation. I just Thank didn't you. know. I really tried. I you just, I just ignored a lot of letters when I try to speak French. I just ignore all the S's. Um, but yeah, so exactly. And I think you're totally right about kind of the uncomfortable feeling that you get when you have to switch these things. And I think it's kind of cool. It's it's like well, question. It's weird because even back to Gaston, it's like, I mean, that guy's creepy and rapey yes. and like yes. molesty. Why does he eat so many eggs? <sighs> no so idea. So gross. But you know, I mean, he's just like picking up women, swinging them mm. around. And you just like, how would that translate to a female? I mean, mm. I think the thing that it makes my stomach kind of churn that like seeing a character like him in the movie it didn't seem as wrong as it should mm-hmm. because that happens so much. Yep. Yep. And and it's allowed too. I mean, the movie yes. condemns it. Yes. By the way, because Belle is the main character. And so we're not supposed to like that about him. Right. But a lot of, you know, her sisters or like the town folk love that. Right. And a lot of the like, like laughing, giggling right. women, like still like going after him. Right. So yeah, it's like, yeah, we see that that's like, but it's accepted. Like he can still yes. do it, right? That's what I mean. And yeah. I feel like that's the unfortunate thing that that happens in our society. Mm-hmm. It's like the, you know, the beastly jock, really. I mean, I feel like he's more of the beast, but it's like that's the person who like gets away 
with those things. And it kind of brings me back to the point of like thin, pretty women don't have to be as good of people. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, a lot of them really are, but like, you know, I mean, it really like we as a society give people a pass Mm -hmm. based on their looks and things. Well, I think what you're, what it's kind of bringing up for me when I, when I felt this flip and like the Gaston conversation is like, could women do that to other men? Of course there are women that do that to other women, to other men. But I do think being a woman and having to survive in this society with men like Gaston, is that something as you know now that you could do? I think it's a little tough. It's a tough question mm-hmm. um, because our culture influences who we are and who we become. And I think that, like, I don't know that that's possible to flip that, knowing what I do as a woman and how it can feel very um, debilitating when you get right. when you get sexually harassed, right? Um, and you, every woman has, right? Mm-hmm. So we all have experienced it in our life. And so that's that's like kind of the it's kind of an interesting question. In, in flipping that kind of makes me think like, would men feel that same way, right? Like that's horrible. Right. I don't know. Like I'm not about to go catcall men because I know how that feels. It's, yeah. And yeah, could you even flip that if you tried or wanted I mean, to? Kind of makes me think of the song by Beyonce. <laughs> like if I were a boy, yes. I mean, there, you know, some stuff in there of like, even just like doing what she wants. Yeah. And I don't know, I can't think of the lyrics off the top of my head. But I mean, I think there's something in there about like not having to worry about checking mm-hmm. in, like going and doing what you want. Mm-hmm. And it's just so messed up that those are things that are expected and given to, to men. Women. Yeah. And not not to women. to women. Totally. Totally. And I think this story just like makes you realize how like, you know, we talk, we analyze stories all the time in our show, but um, we're still analyzing it from our own culture. And when you flip it, you just realize, wait, we didn't see this problem. Wait, we didn't spot this problem. It's like, it's like the red, the red is coming out on these, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the grammar needs to be fixed here, right? Well, even as much as like, maybe we see some of those problems, I think the really fucked up part is that they're more accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Femme Lorflip's like, wait a minute. Right. No. Oh my God. We've got to do more of this. <laughs> we do. Well, actually, you should tell us, a listener, if you think we should. Yeah. Uh, definitely post on our Instagram. Um, let us know how you like the show. And yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'd love to bring you a few more flips. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel, for bringing this story to us. And yes, as Rachel said, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can leave us a review at wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, please be sure to share this with your friends, again, wherever you listen. Um, and follow us on Instagram. We are at Femlar Podcast. You can send us a DM or comment on our post. But um, can't wait to hear from you and what you think of this flip. Great. All right. I'll talk to you next time, Mindy. See you on the Folklore, Folklore Flip. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode, but you can always find us on Instagram at Femlore Podcast or visit us online at femlore.com. We love what we do, but we can't do it without you. Your listens, shares, and reviews keep us going, so please tell your friends about us. Femlore is produced by Mindy Scott, Rachel Marr, Aaron Crossland, and Lauren Crossland Marr. Audio engineering and music by Aaron Crossland, research and coordination by Lauren Crossland Marr, and as always, canine support provided by Andy and Cody. Ow!